Hey everyone, this is Deacon Jim Rohner from Forefront Church coming to you again, and if you are anything like me and grew up in that, you know, suburban evangelical upbringing, had your formative years there, then you are probably going to be thrilled with my next interview with Chris Dudley of the band Under Oath. Now, no matter how you categorize Under Oath music, whether you consider them metal or screamo or metalcore or whatever, what's important to remember is that at the peak of their popularity, Under Oath carried the label and boldly carried it of being a Christian band. But people change, times change, philosophies change, and the band eventually went through a whole shift in priorities and they eventually broke up. They've gotten back together again and are making music, but... Chris speaks to a lot of these experiences of just what got him into the band, um, what it was like to kind of be labeled and to carry the expectations of what it meant to be a Christian band with the spotlight on them, and speaks to this idea of how individual philosophies change, how the group philosophies and dynamic change, and just how that has influenced their approach to life, their approach to art, and their approach to each other. It's a really fascinating conversation. Chris is a super nice guy who's had some wonderful experiences, so I really hope that you enjoy listening to this interview as much as I enjoyed conducting it. So once again, this is Chris Dudley, keyboard and synth player for Under Oath. I hope you enjoy it. Chris Dudley, thank you so much for taking the time for having this conversation with me. Um, I knew when I heard, you know, heard you on uh, the Bad Christian podcast years ago, I'm like, well, if they can get him, I got to get him on here. So... <laughs> Yeah, I've, no, I've known those guys forever. They're uh, great, great dudes. We've had some had some good memories with those guys. And uh, yeah, and I, I tend to just ramble and talk too much anyway. So it, it was perfect. Oh, hang out with my friends and, and talk. Sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Listen, you and me both. So this is either going to be a great or an insufferable episode, depending on on who's listening to it. But um, minute mark. <laughs> I'll hop around. <laughs> um uh, but I, I wanted to, I, I guess with you, I mean, I kind of want to start at the beginning, uh, if you can, I mean, just, to, just to kind of talk about the background and how you're raised and what your, you know, for lack of a better term, what your faith journey started like and sort of how, how you got, how, how your, your identity started forming way back then. Man, well, um, my mom and my dad really could not have been more different, uh, in, a lot of ways. Uh, one of them being, uh, you know, views on God and faith and everything, you know, that the house that I grew up in from, from the time I was born until I was nine lived with my mom and dad in California. And, uh, my mom went to church, I would say semi-regularly, like not, not a ton, but she went semi-regularly and there was always, you know, like an open invitation, but we were not a family that went to church. So I never went because I'm like, I don't want to go. Like, I just, it was just boring for me. So I had no <laughs> desire to go. Um, and uh, my parents got divorced when I was nine. And uh, me and my mom and my brother moved to Florida from California. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, that's an odd time for a kid anyway. You know, the, the 10 to you know, 16 time, you know, just kind of trying to figure out, you know, who you are mm -hmm. as, a, as a person. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm super thankful. My mom got remarried, uh, to an awesome guy. Um, I think she got remarried like a year or a year and a half after my parents got divorced. Um, but, uh, he was, he was awesome. And, you know, he was not a, uh, super faith focused 
person either. Um, so my, so all in all my family, like growing up, it was, I didn't grow up in what I would call a, you know, even like a, not a faith centered household or a, you know, even a faith focused household. There was no, there was really no talk of, uh, God or anything, uh, you know, aside from, you know, random conversations I would have with my mom from time to time. Um, and it wasn't really until I was, I got into high school that, uh, you know, I even really started to think about that stuff. And it, and it came from, I think from what most big changes come from when you're in high school. And that's just, you know, the, the, the friends that I had and the people I was surrounding myself with, um, you know, I, uh, took a guitar class. Uh, I would, I was a, I was a freshman and there was a, a junior that was in my guitar class. And, uh, I was, uh, you know, I, me and him kind of gravitated to each other. We both like heavy music and it's just one of those things. It's like, it's like, Oh, that kid's got a cool shirt on. I'm going to talk to that kid. <laughs> and, uh, so we kind of started talking and I really, uh, that was really like my group of people. You know, I started hanging out with his friends a lot more. He had a lot of friends that were not in our school that went to other schools and, and, you know, they were, uh, you know, people who really had a sense at the very least of who God is and, you know, trying to follow Jesus and, uh, but at the same time, like playing, heavy music, which I thought was like really cool. Cause I think it was really like the music that drew me more than anything. Um, mm -hmm. cause I just loved heavy music. And then there were these heavy bands that somehow I had not heard of and they were also <laughs> Christian music. So I was like, Oh wait, what, what's this all about? Um, and, uh, one thing led to another and my friend in the guitar class, he was in a band, uh, and they were, um, uh, this is when I was a sophomore in high school. Uh, they were looking for a keyboard player and, uh, he said, Hey, do you want to play keyboards in in our band? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do that. Cause you know, I was in high school and you know, I played guitar at the time. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it, I, that, that was under oath and, uh, I, yeah, I, I, that's kind of where like the, the rest of my life kind of took a, you know, a, a, a turn at that point. Um, you know, but as far as, uh, you know, and I think that, you know, God obviously uses everything, but I feel like, you know, really God has used this, this band and our music in like such wild ways that I, I wouldn't have really, uh, uh, ever seen coming. Um, mm. but, uh, yeah, uh, that's a that's a long roundabout story, but all that to say, I didn't grow up in a very uh, religious <laughs> household, but uh, kind of found out who God was uh, through friends, you know. And um, it's I was actually telling somebody the other day about how one of the things that really stood out to me when I was in high school was the fact that these guys would tell each other that they loved them which was something I had never even experienced before. Like mm -hmm. I thought that was very, at first it was like weird, but then I was like, oh wow. Like these guys like just tell each other how they feel and 
have a genuine love for each other. And I was like, wow, man, like that's, that's really cool. And, you know, now I know, and, you know, I found out not long after that, you know, that was just them, you know, trying to live out who they felt like Jesus was. And, uh, as with anything, when you're in high school, you know, you're still trying to figure stuff out and sure. you, you, you had some stuff figured out. You had a lot more that you didn't have figured out, but <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how, uh, how God showed himself to me initially. I think. I, I love that idea of the discovery of sort of like, um, Oh, I, I really love this kind of music. And like, you mean I can, I can be into that even though I'm into this other thing as well. And I, I, yeah, I'm reminded of the stuff that I grew up listening to in the church. I mean, there was of course like Petra was the big, like the big hard rock band in, you know, in my experience, which is, which is hilarious to think about. And I hope that there's some other people who are thinking, Oh man, Petra, I remember them. Um, but just also the, the kind of the, the joke or the idea being, this type of music and these type of beliefs are incongruous with each other. I'm, I'm reminded of a joke from the Simpsons in which Bart says like, well, everyone knows all the best bands are affiliated with Satan and just then, but then you get to a point where it's like, no, you can express yourself in this, in this way too. And that is not incongruous, which probably speaks more to my evangelical upbringing in the sense of like, Oh, you listen to Metallica. No, no, no. That's, that's bad. You shouldn't listen to this music. How about you listen to three crosses or, or delirious instead kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm honestly like, as I've gotten older and I've, you know, I've talked to so many different people who grew up in like an uh, evangelical home and, you know, grew up in the church. I'm honestly just so thankful that I did not because <laughs> I, I found that, you know, the majority of those conversations that I have with people, you know, specifically people my age ish, you know, late thirties, early forties, like it's almost always comes back around to like, okay, how, what did I have to do to heal from that, from that sort of upbringing? Like, yeah. what did I have to do to still be able to accept God for who he is aside from everything I was kind of taught throughout a certain point in my life? Mm -hmm. Um, and not, you know, maybe not everything, you know, that's a bit, bit of a, bit of an exaggeration, but like it's, it always just comes back to like, man, like this portion of my upbringing really screwed me up. It's like, oh yeah, well this really screwed me up. Like, and it's, it's, and as I'm having these conversations, I'm like, I didn't experience most of that. And I'm just, I'm really glad that God chose to, uh, do with me what he did and not have that be a whole, <laughs> a whole portion of my upbringing, but it's, yeah, it's, it's wild, especially now, you know, having kids and, um, you know, being in a position where we're kind of not kind of, but we're needing to decide, you know, how we're going to raise them and, you know, what we're going to, uh, tell them about God versus what they're going, what we're going to let them see. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, what we're going to just let God do on his own. And, um, yeah, it's, it's wild. So then you you meet this friend, ask you to be in this band. That band turns out to be Under Oath. Um, eventually, you guys got signed to a major record label. You guys are, are I guess, as major as, as Tooth and Nail could be, um, you know, uh, considered at, certainly at that time. But when, when you guys came out, um, you know, there was this identification of like Under Oath is like is a Christian band. And mm -hmm. I, I'm curious, as, especially because you guys were relatively young when when the band kind of started and got real big. So 
what did that mean to you as like an individual or to the band to be like labeled as a Christian band? Like, what did you see as sort of uh, the expectations for, for you, for the music, for anything, just kind of carrying that label? Yeah, I think it, um, I think it changed, uh, you know, as, as years went on, you know, definitely when we started, it was, you know, we were all in this band, we were all traveling around the country in a van and we all had the same beliefs about basically everything. And Mm. we're like, Hey, like, you know, we are going to tell people about Jesus with our music and that's it. Um, and then as, you know, as the years went on, we were all growing and all, you know, our beliefs about all kinds of things were changing and it, it got to a point where, um, you know, we, we've always prided ourselves on like being honest with people. Like that was like a really big thing for us. It's just like, you know, lyrics being honest, um, you know, cause I think that if you do anything and you're fake about it, it's, it's somewhat apparent. Um, so we realized that, you know, us standing on stage and saying that we all six of us are up there because we want to tell people about Jesus. That was no longer, uh, that was no longer, uh, a hundred percent true. You know, mm-hmm. like we, we all love each other. We all love making music together. And, you know, there were some, some guys in the band who, you know, had issues with, uh, you know, faith and who God is, who God isn't. And, um, you know, as opposed to like, uh, you know, like I said earlier, like, you know, we all started as like teenagers in a van, Mm -hmm. just all doing the same thing. And then it wasn't until we really got out into the world and experienced life and experienced (laughs) people and experienced, uh, you know, what the, what the world is, um, you know, that was really where we all kind of started to, uh, not diverge, but just, we were all growing, but in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I'll say, you know, personally for me, you know, my view on it, you know, you asked like, what was it, you know, when we, you know, what was my personal view on us being labeled a Christian band? Like, you know, I viewed it personally as we are six people who, uh, believe Jesus was who he said he was and trying to us trying to be as good of an example of that as possible with what we're doing. Um, and you know, there are a lot of things that I held firm back then that I don't anymore. Um, but my personal view on my life really has not changed in that way. Um, you know, I still, my, my main goal in my life is to, you know, love my wife, love my kids, love God, and try to be as much an example of who Jesus is as possible and live my life as much like him as possible. Um, but, um, there, there's a lot more to life than that. And there's a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of questions and a lot of discussion that is had that, you know, you realize that 
I think we all as a group had to be okay with saying, I don't know a lot more because that was a scary thing for a long time. You know, being, being in a position where people were looking to us saying like, okay, you're on this stage, you have the microphone, you, like it, it's a weird, like, even though we didn't intend to put ourselves there, a weird, like authority position, like people are looking at us for like an answer. Mm-hmm. And, um, we had to be okay with just saying like, Hey, we don't really know the answer fully. Um, you know, there are things that we agree on. There's a lot of stuff that we don't, you know, if you want to talk to us about stuff, talk to us individually. Like what we'll give, we might give you six different answers to the same question, but we can no longer just say that we are all on this exact same page because it just wasn't the case. So, yeah. I love that so much. Uh, j- just that willingly embracing of like we we have to admit that we don't know certain things. I mean the one of the one of the things that I love so much about Forefront is just that that the 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 idea is sort of like we're interested in, in asking the right questions instead of giving the right answers because we we don't know so many things and also just so many of the narratives and the truths that have been told over time have just been coming from certain narrow perspectives and like we have to admit like those are not right sometimes and those are harmful sometimes and i'm can you like now even you know um years removed from the from the band first starting out um think think back to like individual moments where you may have noticed like beliefs or philosophies changing and just kind of like oh man i that that's i thought we were on the same page with that and just kind of the the reaction you might have had of like of what that felt like to just kind of realize things even internally were changing I think one of the things that I, I think what I recognized way too late was that we weren't having conversations about things that we had differing opinions about. Mm -hmm. It was way down the road when I realized that we were all on a lot of separate pages, but it hadn't been talked about. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, it's been v- super, you know, public that, you know, Spencer in the past had dealt with like substance abuse issues and, um, you know, to which to me, I was completely in the dark. Um, and it, you know, that's just one example, but it was a lot of like me looking back and being like, Oh, like I kind of thought that we were all like on this page, but we're not and it, and it's not like we it's not like it was an intentional thing where we were talking to each other and like having these deep discussions being like you know like i think that you know what do you think about this or what do you think about that because at that time our band was it, it was so all encompassing like it was just it had just gotten so much bigger than any of us uh, had ever thought it could. And there was like a whole team behind us and the label. And like, we were on the road all the time. Hmm. So we weren't really like communicating. Like we were in a band together. We would be on stage together, but when we were off stage, it was, it was kind of like that, uh, that, uh, in, in, in a lot of ways, not totally, but, um, you know how there'd be family members that you have a relationship with, but like the conversations that you have with them are m- mostly superficial. Like you don't really like talk about things and it's like, yeah, this is my brother, but we don't like, we don't 
talk. Like we don't have conversations with each other. Um, and it had gotten that way, not with all of us, you know, cause there were some like, it's weird because like some dudes would, would gravitate toward other guys. Like, uh, you know, like Spencer and Aaron have always gravitated to each other and they, they would always talk, you know, me and Tim would always gravitate to each other. And like, but as a group, we had just like gotten, I, it was, that was probably the thing that was most sad to me was just the fact that like, I didn't know that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And I remember the, uh, we had it, we had like a, a sit down discussion about not being comfortable calling ourselves a Christian band anymore. And it was like, uh, you know, for me, it was hard, but I think it was hard because I had had this view that we were like, we were something that we weren't. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but it was like a loving conversation. We were like, look, like, you know, dudes are like, look, I love all of you guys. I love playing music, but for, for Spencer to say that we all six stand up here because of Jesus. And that's what we want to do. Be like, Hey, like, dudes would be like, Hey, for me, that's not a hundred percent true. So you can keep saying it, but it's not true. So do we want to be honest or, you know, and yeah, so I don't know. It's a complicated thing. It's like, I always say being in a band is like being married to five other, like really opinionated guys, <laughs> which is just like a recipe for disaster sometimes, but you know, it takes work. <laughs> Was it, did you also find that there was maybe even added pressure externally? Because, I mean, you're a band, you're, you're putting your art, your, your internal machinations out there for people to judge and be like, oh, well, this is crap. But was there also, or, you know, great also, uh, but was, was there also just kind of that component of then with the, you know, having the Christian label, then it was also maybe an extra level of criticism or, or judgment or pressure because then it's like, well, you guys aren't being Christian enough or you, you guys are expressing things which makes like certain audience members uncomfortable or, or, or thinking things that they wouldn't necessarily think. Was it, was that an added thing that you found? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yes, it was. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, because the, you know, we, we had always tried to be as, as honest with people as possible and as, as real as possible, but there is just something I think a lot of it stems from like evangelicalism. Like, you know, it's like, well, don't say certain words. Don't, mm -hmm. um, you know, don't admit that you're like struggling with A, B or C, like, you know, just, you know, cause you don't want to, you know, mess up your witness and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, that, you know, I, I would say that specifically Aaron and Spencer probably dealt with that a lot more because they were like the, the, the mouthpieces of the band sure. and their lyrics are the ones that people are reading. So it, in, in that way, um, the music is a lot more personal because it's, it's actually like their hearts that are like on the paper. So, um, yeah, so it was, it was a thing. I want to step back a little bit and just even talk about the art that you, that you guys were making or, or are making too. And just um, if you, if you personally can even talk a little bit about what draws you to the specific type of, of music you play and what, and what you feel it allows you to sort of express because you're, you're not just a, you know, a, a musician in a band. I mean, we were talking before we even started recording that like, 
you score films. You're anyone who follows you on Twitter knows you're huge into horror films too, specifically. So can you talk a little bit about, I guess, just the kind of art you make and sort of, um, I know it's a very broad generic question, but just sort of, um, you know, what, what drew you to like, you know, that, that guy in the t-shirt with the cool, you know, that listened to the heavy music versus, you know, pop or country or, or, or what, what, what is it in you that draws you to this specific kind of outlets? Oh, that you're right. That's a, that is a super broad question. Um, well, I guess I'll, I'll go back a little bit further. Like, you know, before I met, you know, Dallas, our old singer, who was my friend in high school, mm-hmm. with a t-shirt, um, you know, I was really into country music, um, you know, cause I grew up in a small town mm-hmm. and, um, uh, I went and saw the first mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> um, and I heard the soundtrack to it and i was like i saw it opening night that is 1995 i think yes it was i was like 12 and i was like what is this music like i had heard you know i grew up my my dad listened to guns and roses my uncle was super into acdc like back then that was like heavy stuff and um i literally walked out of the theater seeing Mortal Kombat right across the way in the mall, there was a, there was a warehouse music and I bought the, the soundtrack to, to Mortal Kombat <laughs> and it had like Napalm Death on there and Fear Factory and Geezer and Orange 9mm and all these bands that I had just had no idea about. And I can't even explain like what I don't, it's hard to explain like what it did or why it did it. But I was just like, I want the heaviest music I can find because whatever this music is doing, I just love it. Like it just, it just like spoke to me, I guess. And um, I mean, it sounds super like hippy dippy, but it was just, I heard it and I was like, I want more of that. Um, But overall, like I've always been a really, I've just been a really big music fan in general like not necessarily heavy music like i you know i love good country music i love good pop music um you know i love good hip-hop like any anything that's good i'm super into but i i specifically you know in high school was really into heavy music and then i happened to start playing in a band in high school that was a heavy band and that band turned into my career Mm -hmm. so that's an odd thing because you know, it is my, it is what I am, uh, I guess, viewed externally as doing. It's like, oh, that's the guy from the heavy band. Sure. Um, but if you talk to me or any of the other guys in the band, it's like, hey, what are you listening to right now? I guarantee 90% of it is not heavy music. It's just when we get together, the music that we make when we're together is the music that makes us like laugh because we are so stoked on it when we're in the studio. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff is really heavy. Some of it's not like some of it's really down. Um, and, you know, there's been times where we're working on, you know, under oaths working on songs and we're like, is this even like, can we call this under oath? Cause it's not really heavy, but we've, we've kind of come to the, to the, uh, conclusion that you know anything that the six of us do no matter what it sounds like is going to be under oath because because we're making it um and you know 
I, you know, the, the, the films that I score, like I've only scored one horror film. Um, and the other stuff that I've done is like been not horror at all. Uh, so, you know, I, I do have a, you know, a love for horror film, but I would say I, my love for horror is the same as my love for metal music. You know, it's real (laughs) and it's visceral, but I equally love, you know, uh, you know, the new Ethel Kane record. And I equally love, uh, I don't know, whatever the last movie that freaking, Oh, I, like in and of itself, it's just doc, like documentary stage show on Hulu. Like mm-hmm. I love that just as much as I love any horror movie. Like, I think there are some people that are very diehard about a genre and they don't really like, they don't really get out much from that. It's like, Oh, I love rock music. I'm a rocker. Like that's <laughs> what I do. And, you know, more power to him. That's just not me or any of the guys in my band at all. Like, you know, Tim listens almost exclusively to hip hop. Aaron listens to mostly, uh, you know, country or pop. Uh, You know, Spencer listens to a lot of rock stuff. Grant listens almost exclusively to hip hop. Um, So it's like when we come together, we do what we do. But that, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, It's hard to. It's, it's confusing. I don't know. When, when, the, when the band kind of broke up or, or you know, took their break in 2013, mm-hmm. what, what, a, I mean, what were you, what was the feeling like? I mean, cause I, I know you talked about that even we've had these questions of like identity, like, Oh, you're the, you're the heavy metal guy or you're the, the horror guy. And so, um, but you know, so much of at least people's perceptions of what your identity was, was tied up in this thing. And then suddenly that thing wasn't there anymore. And so what was, I mean, I guess what were the thoughts and the, the feelings uh, around that for you guys? So for me, for I, I think for all of us, it was weird. Um, I remember specifically the night after our last show, because um, it was in it was in uh, Florida. It was like it was like 45 minutes from my house. I drove home that night, went to bed, woke up the next morning. And my first thought that morning was. I am no longer Chris from under oath. I'm just Chris because I had been in, I had been doing this since I was in high school. Like that was my, my only career I had ever had. Um, And I think even more so than just like, Oh, if I had been working at the same job since high school, it's like, I am known. I was known to many, many people that I didn't know as, Oh, that's Chris from under oath. And waking up and being like, oh, like, that's not me anymore was was weird. But that being said, like us breaking up then, um, you know, what we now know is us taking a break, but we didn't know it then. Mm -hmm. It was driven largely by myself and Tim and James, who were the guys that had kids at the time. I just completely switched to, you know, I had my kids, I had my wife, like that was my identity. Like I, it was a weird thought and it was like, oh man, that's weird. But it wasn't like some sort of existential crisis of like, wait, who am I? Because I look at my kids and I look at my wife. I'm like, well, this is who I am. Like I am their father. I am her husband. And that is, that's my identity. And it's, you know, it's a little weird that I'm not the guy in the band, but like, okay, that was never really who I was. That was just what I did. Um, but honestly, I mean, if I didn't have them, 
I think it would have been a lot different of a story. Um, so yeah, because, you know, because back then, like I said, we had been doing this since high school and it was really like the band came first always, you know, it was, you know, the, the, the tour was the most important thing. The record was the most important thing. And we had never known anything different other than just being road dogs and, you know, being on the road eight, 10 months out of the year, having a record every two years. Um, so it, it was, you know, a bit of an immature, I guess, view on it, but we were viewing it as like, okay, well, if we're not going to do this band a hundred percent, like that's what we viewed as, as putting our all into it. We were like, mm -hmm. well, if we're not going to put our all into it, then we shouldn't do it at all. So that was, that was the discussion. We were just like, all right, well, then we're not going to do it at all because I, I am not going to be the dad that's gone all the time, you know? And, um, and it wasn't until, you know, years later that we were like, hey, like, I wonder if there's a way to do this band thing, but not be gone all the time. And look, <laughs> in looking back on it, it's like, oh, duh. Like, why did we not just like have that discussion? But we there was there was no middle ground for us back then. It was like we are going as hard as we can and if we're not going to do it then we're not going to do that then we're going to stop and we you know we we now realize that you know it was a really good idea for us to uh decide to not do that because you know now we only tour you know three months a year maybe four overall and um now we we enjoy it a lot more because <laughs> you know we're not tired of each other like when we get on stage we're, we're having fun and uh, had we had that insight back then, you know, I think things would have been a lot different. But it's one of those things that you just um, you got to live and learn, I guess, you know, isn't isn't that just like the definition of adulthood is realizing that like these these uh, ultimates or like these black and white definitions that you had of certain things you realize like, no, there's actually a lot more blending and like compromising i don't say compromising in a negative way but more in the sense of learning to balance things better it's like yeah it it didn't have to be an all or nothing it never had to be an all or nothing thing yes yeah exactly and in a, in a lot of ways you know like we you know we realized in you know our enjoyment our uh, honestly like business wise it may it makes a lot more sense for us to not be on the road all the time but we didn't mm -hmm. realize that because we'd never done anything else and uh yeah and you know and like you said that does um that does permeate to a lot of different areas of your life. You know, I think when, just when you get older, you realize that there are a lot of gray areas just in beliefs and uh, views on different things. And um, yeah, I, th I think that's good though. Like coming to that, coming to that place, I think is, is, is really healthy. Um, and we actually had some friends over for dinner um, the other night and we were talking to them about how, you know, just having a, uh, I guess you could call it a philosophic discussion just about, you know, who God is and what God is and who are we supposed to be? And they were, you know, they grew up in a, you know, evangelical home and all this. And they were telling us like, man, like this is such like a refreshing conversation to have. We just can't talk to people about this stuff. Like mm -hmm. there are so many people in our lives. Yeah. If you, if you question these things, you're like, wait, like, what if God actually views this thing this way? Like it's like, it's like frowned upon and they're like, you know, that, yeah, it's just the fact that 
you know, that's a hard discussion to have as a, it's a bummer, you know, like it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and certainly I, I, as one that has gone through it, like having your worldview questioned or challenged is a difficult situation to be in, but it's a horrible thing to think that a response, especially in an evangelical uh, upbringing to two questions into that challenging is not like, well, let me, let me learn more about these ideas as much as rejection, like get out, like this is like, and, uh, and yeah, that's, that's a, it's certainly a, a horrible situation. I'm glad to hear that those conversations are happening. And, and I, this even ties into, um, cause I wanted to, to get to erase me in 2018 and also like the statement that was sort of came, or I don't want to say released, but I know was a, attached to that, um, to that band. And if, if you don't mind, Chris and, and listeners, I'll, I'll read it too. But uh, the band who once openly and without apology professed their face-based worldview on stage nightly have since moved beyond the realm of seemingly impenetrable polemics. At various junctures, Erase Me illustrates those moments of sanctuary, anxiety, betrayal, and conflict that inevitably arise when humanity grapples with belief systems. And anyone who, you know, may have only listened to, uh, you know, they're only chasing safety and then jumps to that, like, this is not the band that I thought they were. And, and I'm, I'm curious about the conversations that may have happened between, you know, the group or anything to kind of like, like, this is the statement we're putting out to the world now. This is who we are now. Yeah. Like, I don't know if um, it was, it was necessarily those conversations of like, Hey, like, who do we want to portray under oath as mm-hmm. um, it was more so, because our lyrics have always been very personal to Aaron and Spencer in particular. Um, And I think that that's why they have affected people so much uh, and, and, you know, across all the albums that we've done, because it's not a, Hey, we're going to make a statement about this. Let's write a song about this. It's literally like, here's what I'm going through. And if I am going through this thing, and I'm honest about it, maybe somebody else is going through a similar thing and they'll be able to read this and be like, oh, like, you know, me too, you know, like I, that, that's also the same with me. So one conversation that uh, sticks out to me that I think was really the big one was, uh, you know, because we, we, we came off, like we talked a little earlier about, you know, we were broken up for a few years and we came back together to do a tour. Uh, we were playing uh, a couple of our records back to back. And at that point, like we didn't even know if we were going to be a band after that. It was more so just like, hey, let's like get together and have fun and, you know, play these records and it would be a good time. Um, and then it was about in the middle of that tour that we were like, man, like, well, when we started having a discussion of like, hey, is there a way that we can do this, you know, in a, in a, way that's advantageous for the you know the late 30s guys in under oath as it was to like the guys who are 19 20 years old um and then when the time came around for us to start about doing a record um i remember i was talking to spencer on the phone and he was like man like if we are going to do another record i need to be able to say everything flat out he was like i want to make it to where if i never do another piece of art like i don't have any reservations about what it is i'm saying like i just need to be completely open and he was like are you okay with that and i was like 
I think that that's the way to go. Like, I think that, you know, you just have to be, you know, you got to be honest. And, um, and that was kind of what came out of that, out of that, uh, that discussion and, you know, other discussions that were had as well. But, um, it was a, you know, it was Spencer really, you know, laying out where he was, you know, he was at that point coming out of really bad, really bad drug issues. Um, and it was right around the time that we were writing that album that he, for the first time really said, I am not going to do this anymore. And a lot of that record is, uh, you know, it, it, it follows that journey of, you know, him, you know, finally to start deciding to get clean, you know, and he's, you know, been clean since then, which is, which is amazing. But, um, so it's, you know, so a, a long way of saying like, it wasn't a conscious decision about who we are as a band. It was mm-hmm. more so a conscious decision for allowing Spencer to say what was really on his mind. Um, you know, and, and, you know, just to be completely frank, like, you know, me and him differ on a lot. Um, you know, there, there are viewpoints that we have that are, that are different. Um, you know, if I were writing the the lyrics to our albums, they would look completely different as with anyone, you know, if, mm-hmm. if James or Grant were writing the lyrics, it, you know, it would probably be a completely different, um, set of themes and everything else, but that's not under oath. Like that's not, who we are as a band, as a band, we are Spencer and Aaron writing lyrics and us writing music and making the best stuff that we can. So, you know, that's kind of what we continued to do. So. And once again, I I love that idea, uh, especially the, the one of like the, the more personal and like individual, the story that's being told, the more you're going to find that there are others out there who relate to that story. I mean, uh, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Jerry Smith. I know he had a, he had an upbringing that, you know, he's an atheist. He had a very, a very troubled upbringing. But like, when I asked him, like, hey, you, are you a fan of, of, uh, of Erase Me? And he's like, he talked about how much he loved the song. I hate it because of like, of how much he could relate to that sort of thing. And just that idea of, of how art can connect these people that seem kind of disparate. And yet at the same time, there's, it is that thing that you, that universal T truth kind of a thing of like, yeah, you tell your story and other people are going to be like, you know what, that's, thank God someone is telling my story too, that I'm not the only one out there, you know, alone in the wilderness is such a powerful and important thing to do. Yeah. I, yeah, I think so too. I, I heard somebody say, uh, there was some quote, I'm going to butcher it, but it was basically saying, uh, one of the best things that a song can ever do is make somebody realize that they're not, alone in whatever it is that they're going through. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I hear that all the time, you know, not just from, you know, for under oath, but like other songs where it's like, or artists or whatever, where, you know, people are like, I heard this song and I realized that like, I was not alone in what I was feeling and somebody else got it and I couldn't believe it. And that was conveyed to me through this song. And, you know, that's just a, that's a super powerful thing, you know, and going back to the, to the um, idea of, you know, God being everywhere and in everything somewhat, you know, I think that that is a, you know, I I think that, you know, God created music. And if I don't think the, 
that connection that can be made through music, that's not just like some sort of happenstance. Like I think that it is, it's, it's a powerful thing that has been created and that we're wielding as, you know, just dumb people, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, how, how do you guys as artists kind of balance what to convey, what to write about? I know you say that it's it's mainly Spencer and Aaron that are writing lyrics, but when it comes to sort of expressing the internal versus the external, and so I'm thinking of like all the social upheaval and change that's come about and like even just the last few years. I mean, if, if Under Oath puts out another album, you know, in, you know, a next year or two, like, is there discussions like, do, do we speak on, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff or social justice stuff that's kind of going out there? Or is it sort of also like, uh, or is there some balance in the sense of like, listen, that's not our experience. So also we don't want to step out there and kind of say something and it's like, and then just get knocked down. Like, well, what do you guys know about this sort of thing? Do you, do you, yeah. what, what is that balance like for you? Uh, it's not a balance for us. Um, we, we do have a record and it's, it's done. Um, and there's not really any of that. Like our, you know, our, approach has not really changed at all because you know again like i said before our band is we've never been one to like uh you know speak out on issues per se um it's it's always been a very personal um experience based thing as far as the lyrics go um and yeah i can say that you know we we never had any discussions about that it was literally just you know Aaron and Spencer getting together and you know they you know they've both been through a lot and you know I know there's you know a song that uh you know somewhat dealing with you know Aaron's divorce and uh you know some stuff that Spencer was going through and you know all in a somewhat story based uh form but it's you know again again it is all you know personal to them uh, but with, you know, universal themes, you know, of just, you know, loss and grief and, um, uh, you know, hope and things changing and, you know, all these things that, that, that people can relate to, but not being written f- for the sake of people relating to it, you know, it being written because those guys are like, yo, like I'm going through this thing and this is what is what, what I'm going to write about because it's what I'm feeling right now. So, you know, I think that if we ever did do something like that, uh, you know, speaking on like a, an issue or a topic, I think that, you know, in a song anyway, I think that it would, it, it would have to be something that like something that went beyond an observation, you know, because when we, when, you know, there obviously is so much going on and so many important movements that are happening and so much good that's coming from all of this, but we don't, feel that it's our place in our music to speak to that, you know, cause like you said, it's not, uh, you know, so much of what's going on is not related to us. You know, there are people that are really affected by these different issues, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, like black lives matter, or me too stuff, like th- those are all super real and people are living with that stuff every day. And, and we are not those people. So for us to be in our, like, you know, admittedly like privileged position being like, Hey, you know, here's, you know, here's our uh, oppression song. It's like, it's, it would just be just so hollow, but we do want to use 
you know, resources that we have to be able to help. And, you know, we, you know, have done that, which I, you know, I think is a lot more fulfilling and honestly uh, useful than us, you know, trying to write a song about a, 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 a current uh, topical uh, movement going on. And yeah, you know, being able to use our, our, our resources and be able to help these causes is one thing, but like writing music about it for us is that's just not where we feel like we should be like in our guts. That's just not that's just not who we are. And there are bands that are like that and they, they should be, and they, they know it, you know, the bands that have, have always been that way. And, you know, always, you know, writing songs about, you know, injustice and, uh, you know, trying to, you know, stand for a cause, like that's, that's who they are in their DNA. So if they were to not do that, it would be like, it, it would be as, uh, against their grain as us actually doing it you know yeah yeah so uh with an eye with an eye and kind of wrapping up here i want to i want to speak you know kind of this this uh to this idea of this is kind of the circle that you've come around to so you know you you guys are are not the band that you set out uh or that you set out as being you know back with your first album but like but neither two are the fans that have been with you that have listened to you you know this whole time and and i'm wondering what kind of um even uh hope or or you know kind of positive feedback you've been getting from even maybe um fans that have gone through this kind of a similar journey with you or even new fans that are uh that have been attracted to kind of the message you guys are putting out there the music that you that you're putting out there like what what do you how are you kind of seeing um the response to you guys change as you know you have changed as the world has changed as things have changed um, I, I mean, I think it's, it's probably, a um, that's more than one question. You know, I think the way that I would, what my hope would be, uh, would be that people would recognize that, you know, we are different people as the years go on, like not us as under oath, but us as humans, you know? Um, you know, I was actually talking to our guitar player, Tim, about this today because his his dad passed away recently and um, he had to uh, he was telling me he had to log into his dad's email to uh, help his mom with some bill stuff that they were figuring out. And he said that like the picture on his dad's email, it was like an old picture. And he was just like, I that's not really like the person that I know is like, you know, if I saw a picture of my dad from like, you know, a year and a half ago, like that's the guy that I know, like, and it, you know, as you get older, you know, you can kind of look back on stages in your life. You know, like when I look back at me in high school, you know, if I were to be in the same room with that person, I'd be like, man, like, I don't, I don't really know that guy, you know, like that's a, that's a completely foreign, uh, person. And I think that, when I was younger, I viewed like changing and being a different person as a negative thing all around. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it, it's, it's a dumb thing, but like, you know, when you, when you get, uh, you know, a high school yearbook, like everyone's like, all right, you know, good hanging with you. Never change, you know, like, <laughs> and, it, and people view that as like, you know, Hey, like, 
don't become a bad person. You know, like you're a cool person, stay that way. But I think a lot of people and me included, I thought that like, I had this view in my head of like, I need to make sure to not change as a person in general. Like I should hold on to these beliefs that I have and hold on to this person that I am for the, for the long haul. And I would hope that us, you know, our music has changed. Our views as a group have changed overall. And I hope that it would give people some comfort in recognizing that journey of, Hey, like as I get older, like I, I should like question things like things that I thought were okay back when I was younger. Maybe they're not like, maybe I used to talk to people in a certain way and it was fine, but like, maybe it's not okay. Or maybe these things that I thought were not okay are actually fine. Like maybe I thought that God was this oppressive, vindictive, Old Testament God, and I pushed him away. And maybe that's not the case. Like maybe God is someone different. Maybe, you know, I thought that God looked down on, you know, looked down on me for whatever reason. Like maybe he doesn't. And, you know, and questioning these things and not just, you know, big, life altering viewpoints, but even just smaller stuff like, you know, whatever your musical tastes, like, you know, there are people that I know that if, you know, they started to get into a different type of music, they would view that as like, they're a part of their identity is like going away. It's like, I don't listen to pop music. And it's like, well, maybe you like pop music. You're getting older, like get like, just be who you're going to be. And, you know, so all that to say, I, I hope that you know, people would accept who they are, but also at the same time be looking to improve, you know, not just change, but improve as a person, you know, figure out, you know, how it is that you can love people more, maybe a way that you were behaving and you thought that it was because that was what was the most loving. Maybe it's not like take a step back and realize that, you know, maybe you're the bad guy. And, um, yeah, I, that was a, not to get off on too much of a tangent, but that, you know, that was the thing that I think I've learned a lot specifically over the past, like five years or so is recognizing like, Hey, maybe I'm the problem in this situation. You know, maybe I am the reason why this relationship, whatever it is, is not the way it should be. You know, maybe I have the wrong viewpoint on this thing. Like, you know, telling people you're sorry, you know, and not having anything come after that statement, you know? Um, so, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I'm long winded, but basically I, I just hope that, you know, people would just, first of all, just in, enjoy the music and just, ha I would hope that it would hit something in them that music hits in me when you have that thing where you just get chills and you're just like, Oh my gosh, this is like hitting something. And then like when they are able to you know, dive a little deeper. Maybe it just makes them feel like they're not, uh, not alone in what they're feeling. <laughs>